that was the Runaway Bells with The weekend on Energy Groove Radio because you know what we don't have enough of? Lesbians with guitars. Hey. What? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, we could always use it. I think they're heterosexual, but okay. Are you sure? Not that it matters, Al. They do have that lesbian with a guitar sound. They're just from Tasmania. Leave them alone. There's dust on my guitar, you nasty fellow. My God. You're a nasty fellow. (laughs) I am a nasty fellow. Awful man. There are people out there going, what a nasty fellow. Exactly. Um, I love you lesbians in an entirely platonic way. There Mm. should be more of you. Um, What... (laughs) Should we talk about? You see, movies, there was Al? no plan to be on the rails. Once again, we're not going anywhere near the rails. Um, Evidently, if you're <laughs> easily offended, show. probably tune out now. Yes, the show is movie groove. It is the groove that spews the news that you should peruse before the movie you choose ensues. And coming up on the show, I um, hate you. Yeah, I I didn't do an intro again. Uh, There just isn't that much on. But we do have, uh, we've got some reviews of uh, movies that I saw. Uh, Brilliant. We have uh, three of the top five. Um, We have uh, way too many dead people (laughs) and or crazy people. Um and uh, and uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some Disney news as well, so that's Enjoy. all to look forward to. Wow! In this week's edition of Movie Groove, it's what's on screen. Mm. Um, we are transmitting live from the beautiful city of Sydney and all around the world. My name is Alistair Lockhart, and sitting with me in the studio as usual is the Louche. Bradley Dewins. The Louche. Louche. What does that mean? You know, I don't even know how it's spelled, but I do know what it means. What, do, <laughs> what does it, it mean, now? casually unaffected and somewhat arrogant with it. Uh, kind of accurate, I suppose. So look at me. I'm giving a cigarette to a baby. <laughs> I do not care. Sorry. I, I, I would never give a cigarette to a baby. That's an old Robin Williams bit. But yes, French people. <laughs> fr- the, the, no stereotypical, French. the stereotypical Frenchman could be described as being louche. Louche. Much too casual. Ah. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, it is Movie Groove and Brad and I are here and we're going to talk movies. Did you watch any movies in the last week at all? <laughs> no, Al. No, you didn't no. do any Netflixing? No, I've not watched a thing. Netflixing? No. I did start playing mm. Uncharted 4 again. That's the what? closest thing to a film. Well, it's that like I've a movie gotten. with some game in it. Yeah. It's great. I love it. I love uh, the Uncharted series. I think they're my favorite series of games. Mm. Full stop. I do like them. I like the uh I always like a game that gives you the option of stealth. Yes, you're a very stealth gamey person. I do you? like I do like the stealth angle to it, although, you know, I mean, the instant you fail in any one of those scenarios, it sets off a cock-up cascade that uh, Yeah, it's brilliant. that can only be stopped by you running very far away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> waiting for much too long. Yeah. It doesn't take as long to just get killed and start from your last hiding spot. But yeah, um I like those games. A lot of people hate them. Um, oh, look, it's it's one of Sony's biggest properties. So it's a very popular series. And apparently they're making, so PlayStation Productions is a thing now. And mm. supposedly they are making a TV or slash movie version of Uncharted. Yeah. There's a few properties that they're making movies and TV shows of, including yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. HBO have gotten behind The Last of Us TV mm. series. Uh, and Uncharted is another one, which supposedly there was a rumor going around um, that Tom Holland is Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg is going to be Sully, the older gentleman that's in uh, Uncharted. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's weird. Um, 
we shall see how that goes. But yeah, so PlayStation Productions appears to be Sony's new production arm that's going to be kind of joined at the hip with HBO Max. Wow. Yeah. We do have other HBO Max uh, news. Do we? Today. Good. Uh, that's just blowing the socks off the geek net. Has it? Yes. Ooh. But we'll come to that uh, later on in the show. What have you seen, Al? Well, um, I've been watching, uh, as well as watching movies, I've also been watching TV series. Mm. Uh, once upon a time, um, a couple of years back, I think there was a little Thai Kiki, Thai... Thai Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Thank you. Um, I keep on getting him mixed up with witty repartee. Famous Maori comedian. Okay. <laughs> don't know how, but... Witty repartee? Uh, no, you don't... Uh, you didn't see what I... Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, I nicked that gag from Tony Martin. Anyway, mm. um, I nick a lot of gags. I don't write my own gags. No. You don't pay me. Clearly. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Tony Martin thanks you. Uh, no, I, no, no, Tony Martin's one of those comedians that gets very upset about joke theft. Well, there comedians you go. get really, Tony really Martin, upset about it. Feel free to call in. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yes, what we do in the shadows. It was a great little movie. They made a television series out of it. Yes, starring Matt Berry, who you'll remember from um, Darth that Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and uh, The Toast of London and other shows like that. Um, I can't think of the Turkish actor's name. Um, he was in uh, Four Lions. That. A uh, satirical uh, British movie about um, suicide bombers. Right. Yes. Mm. Um, I don't know if you saw that one. And um, and a couple of other people. It's great. It's hilarious. I love it. It's one of those shows slash movies that gets recommended to me all of the time. Mm. Literally all of the time. But I have zero interest in seeing it. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, that, that's what I was just kind of like uh, just looking for something to listen to while I work. Yeah. Because I do a lot of drawing and painting. And uh, and as mm. fun as that sounds, um, when you're doing a lot of assets for a video game mm. and you're asked for, you know, another pair of boots, you yes. know, the boots of flight, the boots of speed, the boots of um, darkness, the boots of spikiness, the boots of jewelness, and so on and so forth. Tedious. Um, it does get a little repetitive, and so I like to listen to movies and uh, and TV shows when mm. I'm watching. So what we do in the showers is one. It was hilarious. I also uh, took in two seasons of True Detective. Oh, okay. Which is, um, I can only recommend. It's excellent. Um, very dark. Mm. Um, but it focuses less on the crimes. Usually, usually they focus on the crimes and how horrible they are. Yeah. Um, in these TV shows, whereas this one, the first season is starring Woody Harrelson and Matthew Mahogany, mm. Matthew McConaughey, I, can't, <laughs> I keep saying Mahogany, um, as uh, two very different detectives who are um, investigating a horrible murder of a young girl that ends up getting involved in a very tangled web of uh, of child pornography and uh, and all sorts of horrible cultish behavior yeah right um, involving rednecks and you know it goes all the way up to the governor apparently top tier cops and all that sort of stuff and they're two very very cops but it focuses on them as characters and their um uh, very different personas their different outlooks and their philosophies um, two very flawed characters. One of them is basically a decent family man, but he just can't help himself running after young stuff. Oh, really? And so that wrecks his marriage. Oh, dear. Um, and, uh, and the other one is a nihilist, you know, having, you know, been in, uh, uh, been an undercover cop for much too long after making a mistake and ending up getting drug damage because of it. Um, you know, he's now uh, the kind of guy who goes like, people are just 
selfish. You know, there's no God. There's nothing out there. We're just clever little monkeys with shoes. God, he sounds like me. And um, yeah, a horrific nihilist. And so uh, those two very different people have to investigate these crimes by themselves. And that's season one. Season two, completely different story, completely different characters. Oh, okay. Starring uh, Colin Farrell, hmm. um, uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, uh, Amy, not Amy McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, thank mm. you, and uh, and several other top tier actors, and it's set in the city. Um, but it's a similar sort of a story, is that they're investigating low level crimes, but the people that are assigning them these jobs don't want those crimes solved, mm. and they're all bent and crooked and very badly damaged in some way. And um, yeah, it's it's an exceptional series. I really enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, it was a wee bit depressing um, <laughs> because it is it is incredibly dark and nihilistic. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, there isn't a real happy ending on it. No, I so, can't uh, imagine there is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, movies. Um, I watched Upgrade. Oh yeah, what did you think of that? I really enjoyed it. It Good. was one of the best science fiction movies I've seen in a while, probably because it reminds me of those old sci-fi movies that you would get in the 70s and, okay. and the 80s where, you know, they obviously had no budget to work with, but they used no. it really well, mm. really super well. It didn't need um, a massive amount of very fancy special effects. It's got some excellent visual tricks to it. Mm. You can see... Uh, because you're paying attention to the action and the characters, you don't really notice some of the weird things that are happening with the sets. Okay. Like, there's a scene where he well, goes... Well, the thing was entirely filmed in Australia. Yes, but you see the, the scene where he goes to visit the hacker? I haven't... Uh, no, I haven't seen a lot of Upgrade. Mm. There's a scene I've where he's going... Parts of there's it, a scene but... where he's going to visit another character and he's in this sort of, like, uh, crappy building. And... Uh, he's uh, his functions are, are are failing on him, and so he's crawling along this hallway with one arm to get to this doorway before you know his functions all fail. And the ground is just littered with glow sticks. Oh, really? I thought, why is the ground littered with glow sticks? <laughs> I thought, well, one, it gives it a really cool sort of an eerie lighting. Two, it looks futuristic, and three, it costs nothing. Yeah, you just get a crappy <laughs> it costs hallway. Like Four dollars from the op shop. <laughs> then scatter some glow sticks, and you got yourself a set, baby. Yeah. Um, or the uh, the car chases. Obviously, it's set in the future with future cars, so they've built two future cars. Yes. The main character drives around in a classic muscle car. And the other cars on the road are just whizzing by. So you never see any of the other cars that are on the road in focus. You just see the lights. And I thought and that... wasn't, wasn't the car that they actually did build, wasn't it just like a shell that went over some Honda Accord? Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell that as well because the, the you know, the, the future car that you get a real good look at isn't all that convincing. But yeah. um, he really does a great job with some very, very clever filmmaking of making you feel like you're in the future. You never doubt it. Yeah, good. So some fantastic world building, um, great low-budget filmmaking, <laughs> great story. I like to twist at the end. It wasn't particularly surprising, but the way that they built up to it, it really worked. Is this a 1L effect? Yeah, director Lee 1L. Yep. Good director on. Lee 1 Aussie director starring um, mm. not Tom Hardy, Logan Marshall Green. Yes, discount Tom Hardy. <laughs> discount Tom Hardy. Well, he looks the same. He's just cheaper. Yeah, well, I prefer to think of him as not Tom Hardy because, you know, discount just, it seems to be selling a little short. No, he's and good. He's, not he's a great actor. He's not a bad actor. No, he's good. He's just not as good as Tom Hardy. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so. just just from a, I don't know the guy at all. This mm. is just from an outside observer. Tom Hardy is a lot more interesting because he takes photos of himself with dogs. Yeah. And uh, I've not seen Logan Marshall Green do that yet. Anyway, um, uh, and another movie that I've been meaning to catch up with for a while because I saw, um, uh, I watched a, a YouTube video about it 
and I heard some of it described and I thought, that doesn't sound like something I would actually want to sit through. Mm. Especially there's one scene in it that, oh, well, we'll come to that. Um, it's a very dirty, gritty, horrible, nasty, um, stripped back little Western starring Kurt Russell, where he's a sheriff of a small town. And um, yeah, a drifter comes in and then the next morning, um, Indians, apparently, quote unquote, savages, right, have come and kidnapped the prisoner and his deputy and uh, the young, uh, a young lady who was attending to a wound in the jailhouse. And they're, you know, vicious, savage cannibals. Cannibals? You know, well, they ask, um, they ask a local native Indian and they say, you know, he's, we want you to take us out there. And he says, I'm not going out there. And he said, are you afraid of your own people? And he said, they're my people. They're not people at all. Right. They're troglodytes. They've lost their humanity. They would eat their own mothers. And, you know, when they catch up with these people, yeah, it's more or less true. Whatever race they are, they're not humans. Not anymore. Really? <laughs> they just What's turned into monsters. Bone tomahawk. Bone tomahawk. Yes. Ugh. And uh, and so, it, you know, they're cannibals and whatnot. And so you think, well, this is not... Um, there's some very, uh, very sudden, very visceral uh, gore in it. And there's a scene at the end. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, well. uh, there's a scene at the end where you go like, you know, it, it's bad and then it gets worse and then it gets very bad and you're like, holy shit, they are not kidding, are they? Yeah, right. But okay. other than that, it's a beautiful little story. It's got great performances in it. Um, um, with, um, oh, the names have just gone straight out of my head. Richard Jenkins is in it, playing the old... Uh, playing the old man. Um, oh, Patrick Wilson's in it. Patrick Wilson is in it. Matthew yes, who was in Matthew Fox is excellent in it. Is a very arrogant local uh, guy who likes to kill Native Americans. Yeah. Um, David so Arquette's in it. David Arquette plays the drifter. Right. He's just a dumb young drifter who comes into town and brings all that trouble with him. Okay. Kiting, as they call it in the game world. Kiting. You know what kiting is in the game world? That's where you aggro a mob and then they all start chasing you and you run and they just don't stop chasing you. And so you end up dragging an entire mob of, you know, trolls along with you as you try and escape from them. Right. That's called kiting in <laughs> online play. <laughs> so, you know, peculiar to EverQuest and, right. uh, uh, and World of Warcraft and those kinds of games. So, yeah. Um, this uh, this stupid drifter kites these troglodytes into the town, and and uh, yeah, when they find them, oh gracious me, does the film take a turn? Does it? Yes, it does. Uh, so if you're not fond of gore and like not not fun gore, like in a horror movie, oh, like but like very real hard gore, hard to watch. Where it's it's all been very real and grounded. Uh, I can't. Um, yeah, I don't think I can watch that. But it's also very beautiful. It's written and directed by an author who wrote the book himself and the screenplay, and so it's got really? some. Beautiful syntax in it, uh, kind of like True Grit. Had he um, directed anything before? I don't believe so. I'm not sure. That's so weird. Yeah. But um, obviously low budget, but big stars. Kurt Russell, obviously, he's amazing. Right. He's great in it. Oh, good. Um, and, I do uh, like Kurt Russell. Yeah. And, and some beautiful, uh, like I said, uh, if you've seen True Grit, you know, it's got an odd sort of a, an old timey syntax to it. Yeah. Use that. There's one scene where, you know, one of the guys in the town has come to the sheriff to give him the bad news mm. about what's going on in the night. And, uh, and he says to him, why are you in my breakfast? <laughs> it's just a really nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, watch Bone Tomahawk if you've got a strong stomach and an ear for nice dialogue. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and that's everything for the movie review for this week. And so we'll come back with the news the after news. this track from Martin Jensen. When times are hard, feels out of place. Wait. 
1975, if you're too shy, brackets, let me know. Brackets, by running away. Um, And above that, we had Martin Jensen featuring Lutie. Lutie. With Wait on Andrew Groove Radio. You are on Andrew Groove Radio. Welcome back to Movie Groove. It's What's on Screen. Bradley. Yes, Al. What's filling your life with excitement these days? Well, I was just saying in the break that I bought a new couch. You bought a new couch. it was long overdue. Yeah. Um, As well as a delivery man. <laughs> oh, my God, Al. <laughs> you have no idea how long I waited yes, for these I do. delivery guys. Yes, I do. They called me, <laughs> like, and they, they said, we're half an hour away. Mm. And so I had timed this pretty perfectly in my head, whereas yeah. the lady who was taking my old couch came at around 11. Mm. Then I had a call from the delivery guys. They were half an hour away. Yeah. So the lady walked out of my house at 11 a.m. with a couch and I was expecting to have a new couch dropped in my living room at 11.30 a.m. and then I can go to work. <laughs> uh, they turned up about three hours later. Only three. I don't know what happened <laughs> in between them calling me, saying they're half an hour away, yeah. to three hours later, yeah. rocking up and then dropping this lounge off in my lounge room, in a box, by the way, and then using my bathroom. They were like, oh, can I, can I use your bathroom? I'm like, well... Like, should you? Because COVID, but sure, go ahead. Professionalism is dead. Mm. When we moved to Melbourne, you know, we had an entire house to move to Melbourne and uh, and this very, you know, nice professional well-to-do lady came around with a glossy brochure to talk about the service and stuff like that. And we mm. thought, well, we're in safe hands. Five grand well spent. And then on the day, um, the guys with the truck turned up uh, at 12. They were due at nine. Oh, no. <laughs> there was three of them. Uh, one of them was grinding. His teeth constantly, you know, he was, he'd obviously been up all night and he'd taken an extra, an extra belt to stay up all morning. Oh dear. One of them was being followed around by a cloud of of bong smoke the entire day. (laughs) And the third one was so hungover, he couldn't even get out of the truck. Oh, that's useful. He was just in the truck, uh, 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 you know. And he, oh yeah, he 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 must have had a bad pie. And I thought, really, <laughs> really, my yeah, my great grandpa Francis was an alcoholic, and he had so many yeah. bad pies in his life. It was boggly imagination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, look, Gramps, I, you need to get you need to go to a different baker, mate, because that one is ripping you off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean these these delivery guys were fine. They were fine. They were friendly, and um, they they were. I was, I'm amazed at how they got a. Uh, three-seated couch up those stairs and through the doorway that's not very big. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what they can do. But, um, yeah. yeah, three hours, I was like, what are you, what are you doing? So anyway, that threw my entire day out. Um, anyway, I have a new couch now. It's great. I love it. It's a three-seater, so I can stretch out. Uh, the, the reason I got a three-seater is because... The two-seater, me and a dog. <laughs> because you were three people's butts long, <laughs> basically. Well, the thing is, <laughs> the dog would always have to get kicked off the couch because I wanted yeah. to stretch my legs out. Aww. Yeah. So anyway, now I stretch out and there's plenty of room for Tess, but where does she want to sit? Mm. On me. 
Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. There's an entire cushion now for you. I know for a fact that my dog is on the bed right now, like sleeping <laughs> on the pillows, not at the foot of the Aww, bed. He just he, he, he puts his head on the pillow and he looks at you going like, this is okay, right? I'm allowed <laughs> to do this, right? And you're like, yeah, I'll go on. Well, it's what the people do. <laughs> anyway, I spilled coffee on my couch this morning, so that was fun. There you go. This is great movie talk. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm you're just getting an I did ask you. I did life. ask you. Look, let's just get straight into every week on Movie Groove. We like to check in with the latest entertainment and movie news from all around the galaxy. This is episode 92 of A News Hope. We've got a 100th episode coming up. I wonder if there'll be actual news that we can do. <laughs> I don't know. Box office news. Um, there's only three uh, items that have been reported. The Wretched is still number one. That's three weeks in a row at the number one spot. It's taken in a massive three hundred and three thousand. Three hundred and three. That may have caught. That may have already paid for the uh, the catering on set. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, that took another ninety one thousand. Um. I guess cinemas are opening up again. Uh, hmm. it sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the number two spot, a uh, little British movie with How to Build a Girl took another thirty-two grand. Um, trying to think of the actress's name in that. Well, that's the um, music one, isn't it? The music industry one, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, um, a, a very young girl goes to work with a radio station, and she becomes an unlikely music journalist because she doesn't yeah. actually know anything about music. Well, but that's she just a bit gives awkward. it a crack anyway. But it's the same little girl who she's in the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Oh, is she? Where she plays an awkward little LARPer. Are you talking about Beanie Feldstein? Beanie Feldstein. And uh, yes, she, um, the uh, one of the vampire's familiars is responsible for going out and getting a version. So he hits the local LARPing clubs. You know what LARPing is? No, I Live don't. action role playing. Oh, God. Look it up on YouTube. No. It's the saddest thing you've ever I'd seen in your life. I'd rather not. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. That's no. He'll stop spell. it. <laughs> I'm cringing already. By the powers of Morgath. <laughs> Shut up, Al. Um, yeah, so so she's a LARPer and she's not being very well treated by her friends. And so <laughs> one of the vampires takes pity on her and makes her a vampire. Oh, uh, it's brilliant. It's great. Um, anyway, and in the number three spot, The Burnt Orange Heresy. Mm. Um, a movie about Donald Trump. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it actually stars Mick Jagger for some reason. Um, it's taken another fifty-five dollars this week. Fifty-five dollars. That's ten dollars more than last week. <laughs> two people went to see it. Three people went to see it this week. No, oh, well, two people in gold class. <laughs> no, they they don't pay as much for a movie in the states. Oh, we pay yeah. twenty-five dollars. They only pay fifteen. Yeah, because American dollars are bigger. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and that's it. One, two, well. three. Those are the only news uh, numbers that are being reported at the moment. I mean, I'm sure there must be other places where you can look for that information, but you know. But we like why to would I work to you? Mm. Anyway, um, in other news, uh, oh yes, it's a comedy. Uh, a, we've we've got just scads of comedy for you here this week. Um, in other news. <laughs> Uh, actor Hagen Mills is dead. How is that funny? After allegedly shooting the mother of his young child and then killing himself. Oh, my God. Like I said, comedy gold. Uh, Mills, who had appeared in the TV series Baskets, um, created in 2016 by Zach Galifianakis and Louis C.K. <laughs> That's Louis C.K., not Zach Galifianakis. He's still... Anyway, um, he shot... Erica Price outside her Kentucky home. Oh, my 
my God. Yes. Uh, on Tuesday before taking his own life. Jeez. Um, so, uh, Mills was pronounced dead at the scene. Um, Price, who is five years his senior, is in a stable condition at the hospital. Right. Um, so he, he may not have gotten the right kind of shot. Well, it's easy to, it's easy to get a shotgun, but it is, but the, you know, the kind of shells that you can get for a shotgun are many and varied. Right. Thanks for the facts. And and if you turn up with birdshot, then, you know, you're going to, the the person's not going to enjoy it. It'll break a couple of ribs if you set it off in their chest, but it won't kill them. And so that may have been the mistake that he made. Who knows? Who cares? Um... (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously she cares. Well, yes. She obviously, obviously cares about the difference between the kinds of different shells that you can get for a shotgun very, very uh, much. Because, because she's still alive enough to look after their child. Well, let's hope you she's... You monster. Let's hope You're so she insensitive. Ow. She's in a stable condition. I'm sure she'll be fine. Um, anyway, TMZ was the first to report the news, of course. Celebrity. How do they get onto these things so quickly? Some celebrity sewerage pipe TMZ. And we're re-reporting it here because I've got nothing else. Mm. Um, so it's an attempted murder-suicide. He was arrested and charged in March with first-degree rape and sodomy. Good God. Um, oh, uh, in, um, it's in Kentucky. So I believe in a legal sense, anything that is outside the act of deliberately having sex with the intention of making a baby, is sodomy. Oh. So, you know, um, there so, so they weren't necessary, <clears throat> it wasn't necessary butt stuff. <laughs> so the charge of sodomy is anything outside of making a baby. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning so much in this segment. Look, we're talking about in Texas, it's illegal to have sex with another man, but it's legal to have sex with animals. Good God. So it's like, what are you guys doing over there? No, no, it's okay, officer. It's a dog. Ew. Ah, sorry, fellas. I thought it was a black guy. Have a great time. Good night. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, the outlet reported that he was uh, released on bail. Um, Mill's agent last spoke to the actor in April uh, when he moved back home to Kentucky. Oh, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. Told Page Six that he was a talented actor and horseman with that classic Southern hospitality and charm. What? Doesn't sound like Classic it. Southern hospitality. Everybody knows that you don't just walk up to somebody's house in the South, you'll get shotgun in the chest. <sighs> They're very strange people. They were like, you know, you turn up to their house unannounced and they'll shoot you. This story makes me sad. Uh, okay. Well, then let's move on to something a bit more jolly. Uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um... A new straight-to-streaming Mel Gibson movie has caught fierce backlash on Twitter for its casting and insensitive subject matter. Oh, what well, a surprise. Fancy, what, fancy that. What a surprise. He's mentally ill. Mm. Mental health professional. I was speaking to a mental health professional who said that, no, he, he really, you know, it's, it's schizophrenia, obviously. Mm. And he needs treatment and sympathy. But he certainly doesn't need to be given a platform to speak on because he's mentally ill. Mm. But yeah, you know, that's the difference between rich and poor people, you know. When you're rich, they don't put you in a hospital. They just give you all the drugs that you ask for. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, Force of Nature, which I thought was a Ben Affleck and Sandy Bullock movie from years ago. No idea. Anyway, uh, or that might have been Forces of Nature. Mm-hmm. It was released on Wednesday to an avalanche of criticism. 
Uh, people arguing that not only is a plot problematic, but the stars of the film, Mel Gibson and Emil Hirsch as well. Uh, are as well, I should say. So, it's based on 2017's Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Um, has racist elements, because the white cast members are the heroes and the Puerto Rican islanders are the villains. Um, Ray, played by Gibson, refuses to leave his home amid the hurricane, and uh, Kate Bosworth, his daughter, calls an officer, Judd Hirsch, to reason with Ray and get him back to safety. And then they have to fight a Latino gang who try to break into his apartment complex. Goodness. I can't help thinking that anybody else would have gotten away with this because it's the two guys. Because Gibson, you know, we all know about Gibson's past, um, you know, when he's been talking to policemen or his ex-wife. Mm. Uh, and uh, an email Hirsch was a, um, Emil Hirsch apparently fell from grace when he was charged with assault because he was trying to throttle his girlfriend in a nightclub. Wow. Um, a couple of years back. What a charming pair of men. And because there isn't really a story here, they've pulled a whole bunch of stuff from Twitter. Um, and uh, and that's the rest of it. So um, you're telling me gringos want to make a Hollywood film about the most traumatizing event in Puerto Rican history and center it around a snobby white old man who refuses to leave his home. Are you effing kidding me? Tweeted one. Straight to streaming piece of uh, shit stars an anti-Semitic, abusive racist who batters his ex-wife and a dude who went to jail for attacking and choking a woman, Mm. tweeted another. So people are not happy. Um, They do have a couple of tweets that were supportive of the flick, but let's not read those because we know what kind of person they came from. But even if you just look at the poster, if you just judge the movie by the poster on its own, it looks trash. Um, It looks pants. It's Well, it's straight to streaming. Yeah. Isn't it? You know, if it was any good, then it would have got a theatrical release. But now we've got a more visible place for them to dump their garbage. Yeah. And uh, and of course, because we're all in lockdown, it's like, ooh, Mel Gibson. But there's plenty of stuff on Redbox where you go like, I've never heard of this. Mm. Have you ever seen a movie called The Man? No, I have not, no. It stars, uh, I can't remember who the, who the other member of the double act is, but it stars Samuel L. Jackson, who plays... His character wears a kilt in the movie. Really? And it was produced in Britain, I think. And it's right. very weird and it's not very good. And there are just hundreds of those kinds of movies in the red box. There's other movies still that are produced in other countries like Australia or Italy or uh, the Philippines where they um, get a big star to go over there on holiday, shoot over the course of a couple of weeks, um, and get a big payday. And then, yeah, that movie goes straight into the red. Like Nicholas, John Cusack and Nicholas Cage, it's all they do nowadays. <laughs> John Cusack in particular. Yeah. he's. What was that weird cell phone movie he did a while back? Nobody knows. Yeah. All right, because nobody's seen it. <laughs> it's amazing the kind of stuff that you come across if you look through the full list of movies. I wasn't aware that there was an Accident Man movie. Uh, what is Accident Man? Accident Man was a very niche um, indie comic from a few years ago. Um, Accident Man is a, a hitman who specializes in making it look like an accident. Oh, But right. uh, he's also a deeply irresponsible sociopath who likes to live life on the edge. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, and it was a fantastic comic, and they've made it into, you know, a middling straight-to-video movie yeah. with nobody in it. And I, mm. I, you know, and I always thought, oh, that would make a great movie. And it turned out I was entirely wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might still make a great movie. But anyway, um, speaking of things that are not great, we've got remakes coming up. Um, but after this, we've got Dead for Reels. We've got a track here from St. Lucia. A brighter love on Energy Groove Radio. Causes. 
on Angie Groove Radio. Um, yes, uh, if you have children, one of the causes might be that they create stuff. What? That, you know, you need to vet in some way. My, my kid Robbie was given the assignment of making a board game at school, and because he's got to be different all the time, he made a card game instead. Okay. Which is called The Art of the Fart. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was showing me his illustration for one of the cards. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the card, the card was... Um, eat a buttload of burritos. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can't wait to play it. it actually I'm kind sh- of that sounds like a lot of fun. He's really thought about it. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm so I'm so proud. So proud, Al. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so those are consequences that you might end up having to face. Um, but not on Energy Groove Radio, where music is everything and chit-chat is, well... This. This, yeah. This is, what, <laughs> this is what we're doing at the moment. But if you've tuned in before, then you know what to expect. Um, dead people. People die all the time. They Sometimes do. they're dead or celebrities, but mm. they will live in our hearts forever. Certainly after we have been them all a fond farewell and a bit that we call Dead for Reels. Behind the clouds, the sun is shining. There's a big blue sky waiting right Well, you're dead now, so shut up! Yes, indeed. And first of all, in Dead for Reals, we've got Kenneth Charles Osmond. Well, dead. Yes, Ken Osmond was an American actor and police officer. Really? Yes. Uh, You may not have seen his work. He began his career as a child actor at the age of four. He played the role of Eddie Haskell. Hmm. On the very popular late 1950s to early 1960s television situation comedy, Leave It to Beaver. Leave It to Beaver. Yes, and reprised in the 1980s revival series, the new Leave It to Beaver. Hmm. Um, But uh, typecast by the role, he found it hard to get other acting work and became a Los Angeles police officer. Um, Resumed his acting career briefly after retiring. Uh, He died at his home in Los Angeles uh, this week. No. At the age of 76 from complications uh, of heart disease. Wow. And we miss him already. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, next we have, uh, I want to go down here to the this one because this isn't good. Uh, Lynn Shelton. Well, dead. Uh, respected female director Lynn Shelton has died suddenly at 1954. Uh, at 54, not 1954. <laughs> I'm like, Hell are you talking I'm like, about? That's old news. This Al. is a brilliant tribute, Lockhart. Get your shit together. Um, Shelton, who directed films such as Hump Day and Your Sister's Sister and episodes of TV shows including Master of None, Mad Men and Glow, wow. died of a blood disorder, according to Variety. Um, her death was announced by her partner, podcaster, comedian and actor Mark Marin. Mm. Everybody knows Mark Marin. Um, he's very famous in the United States now. Is he? Because well, he's uh, he was a comedian who was he was minutes away from just chucking in the stand-up comedy game when he suddenly you know became very famous as I know he's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world, mm. acting gigs and so on. Um, anywho, uh, his wife died suddenly. He said in a statement, "I have some awful news. Lynn passed away. She collapsed yesterday after having been ill for a week. Wow. A previously unknown underlying condition, not COVID nineteen, but the doctors could not save her. They tried." Hard. It's really sad. 
Um, so, yeah, and that's very sad. Uh, much like um, as happened to Patton Oswalt, Oswalt uh, the man, Mark Maron's wife, has died very, very suddenly out of nowhere. Mm. Um, uh, he said, she made me happy. I made her happy. We were happy. I made her laugh all the time. We laughed a lot. Hmm. We were starting a life together. I really can't believe this is happening. This is a horrendous sad loss. So it's something like somebody pouring out his heart while making a statement at the same time. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, she was well regarded in the industry and directed many episodes of television on shows including, as we said, Mad Men, uh, The Mindy Project, Master of None, Fresh Off the Boat, Love, Glow, Dickinson, The Morning Show, Casual and New Girl. Yeah. And uh, now she's gone, leaving a great big hole behind her. Uh, and we miss her already. Only 54. That's very sad. Yeah. Mm. And lastly, uh, a comedy great has died. Fred Willard. Well, dead. Um, you might not know the name, but I know that you know his work. Did you ever see Wally? Yeah. Remember how there was like one human actor in Wally? Yeah. That was Fred Willard. I know Fred Willard. Yeah. He, he was an American the actor. He dad in. Um... Oh, is what? It that, well, he's, you know, he's been in a lot of things. When I was a kid, we had a trashy comedy called Moving Violations. Mm. It starred uh, John Murray. There are four Murray brothers: Bill, the one you know, and uh, his, uh, and Brian Do Doyle, his eldest brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joel, mm -hmm. um, who's been in quite a few things, and then John, who kind of sort of got a start in the industry as a lead in a couple of things. The only other thing he's really been in is Scrooge, playing, you know, Bill Murray's character's brother right. in that movie. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, it was just a, an 80s kind of a boob movie with uh, Jennifer Tilly, and, uh, and Fred Willard was in it as a mechanic. Yeah, right. With a good reputation. Well, you'd know him as Hank McDougall in uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, mm. um, and that's where I know him from. And he's also done voices for King of the Hill, uh, which is something I am aware of as well. And Modern Family is Frank Dunphy. Absolutely. Um, he was best known for his roles in uh, several Christopher Guest films, such as A Mighty Wind, um, Best in Show, where he played Buck Laughlin, a dog show announcer. Um did you see Best in Show? No. Oh, one of the funniest movies ever. Really? Uh, yeah, he, he plays, he's an announcer at a very respected dog show, but he keeps on coming out with all these really inappropriate jokes about what's happening. <laughs> Waiting for Guffman. Um, this is Spinal Tap, where he played a lieutenant on a military base where Spinal Tap perform. And For Your Consideration as an obnoxious entertainment television show anchor. Um, he got uh, an American Comedy Award nomination for his performance of Waiting for Guffman. And, uh, oh, there's just a long list of awards oh, he's, here. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. He was in um, uh, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, he died on May 15th of mm -hmm. natural causes at his home okay. uh, at the age of 86, according to his representative, Jamie Lee Curtis, whose husband, Christopher Guest, um, was a good friend and frequently worked with him. Yeah, so right. So they first shared news of the actor's death. I didn't know that Christopher Guest and Christopher Guest and Jamie Lee Curtis were actually married because Christopher Guest doesn't give interviews. Oh well, there you go. Ever well, so uh, there you go. Um, he's gone, but uh, that's really sad. Well, you know what? He didn't have a bad run. No. Um, an amazing career, a very funny man. He'll be dearly missed. Yeah. We, of course, miss him already. That is it for Dead for Reals. Uh, we will see you on the other side. And uh, we'll have a track here by, um, oh, I think, Billie Eilish. This is everything I wanted. 
on Energy Groove Radio. Atom with Better featuring Justin Stein on Energy Groove Radio. Welcome back. We're transmitting live in the beautiful city of Sydney and all around the world. My name is Alice Locker and sitting with me in the studio is the incalculable Bradley <laughs> Dewins. All right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> the culpable. Culpable, right. <laughs> We're talking about Pontypool. We are talking about Pontypool, which is uh, we were we were writing a movie set in a radio station, mm. um, and then I said, "Oh no, it's you know zombies and radio stations already been done." It's a movie called Pontypool, which is starring Stephen McHattie. Stephen McHattie. 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 Who was uh, he's he's kind of like discount um, uh, discount uh, Peter yeah. Weller. Peter Well, I was going to say Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's sort of, kind of the same sort of yeah, look. But yeah, uh, yeah. and he um, he's a Canadian actor mm. who's been in quite a few things. And Pontypool, he plays uh, a radio DJ. Grant Mazzy. Grant Mazzy? Yeah. Well, that's the character's name. Oh, right, I see. The radio DJ Grant Mazzy, whose tiny little snowbound Canadian radio station becomes a centre of communication when a zombie apocalypse breaks out. The twist is that the plague is spread by sound. Yeah. Um, so I think it was supposed to be an allegory for um, misinformation mm. and propaganda that you become one of these zombies when you hear the other zombies speak <laughs> and you become sort of insane and then, yeah. It was great and it used some really interesting, uh, obviously, sound. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was really quite cool when they uh, would cross, was it to the chopper guy? And he, they kept going back and forth to the chopper guy, mm. but then the chopper guy gets eaten by zombies. Um, and they were like, how the hell did that happen? It's like, well, he wasn't actually in a chopper. Do you think we can afford a chopper? <laughs> so he'd, he'd just be sitting in his car on the hill yeah. um, just playing like, a chopper sound in the background. Yes, I can see the freeway yeah. now. It's backed yeah. up. Doing the, doing the traffic update from the chopper in the sky. But it wasn't really. I was like, I love that because it is like, that. it's radio. There's this magic curtain that, mm. <laughs> that um, so never gets breached sometimes. Yeah, we don't have a chopper. Don't be silly. Yeah. So, but it was also a very low budget movie because, of course, yes. um, they made a movie and then they remade some of it with they got a little bit more money. Mm. But the original movie, you can see um, the seams. There's no establishing shot of the radio station. It's actually one of those things where they just yeah, it's, have. It's like you never actually. And anyone who calls one into shot, the radio. There's one shot of the exterior and it's just basically black. And there's a, there's a doorway of the light in it. Yeah. And that's the only exterior shot you see in the entire thing. Mm. Because establishing shots are really expensive. Yeah. So they just went, no, we're not doing that. We're just going to have a doorway. That's it. Well, it's almost entirely taken place in the radio station. Yes. So basically one room. In the middle of nowhere. Is this like set in Saskatchewan or something? Yeah, it's like literally there's just, it's nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's snowing and it's, you know, apocalyptic and whatnot. But mm. they set the scene really well just yeah. by having the people call in, the characters call in and having, um, you know, the, the, the other... Uh, you know, key plays in the film just on the phone. Yeah, world really building, cool. baby. You don't need yeah. a, you don't need money. You just need a good script. Get creative, people. Yeah, do that. What's yeah. wrong with you? Anyway, sitting all of your spending all of your lives just playing Gems of War too much. <laughs> Gems of War from Infinite Plus Two. Oh my god, one of Steve Faulkner's best games. It's like crack. I can't. Now Kate and Robbie are playing it. Great. It's spreading like a zombie. Plague. Here we go. It's, it's a virus. <laughs> anyway, Pontypool, it's an interesting film. Check it out if you can. It's uh, a good watch. And, uh, you know, it, 
I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm imagining it's probably aged fairly well, considering it was made 2008. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, um, but like I said, there's a coda on the end, a very strange one. I won't tell you what happens in it, but I think you should watch it because it's, um, yeah, right at the end of the credits, there's a very odd scene with the same characters. Uh, well, and I don't, I, and don't, I don't know why it's there. Okay. I haven't seen it. Um, I, I do own it on DVD, so I'll have to check that out. I, I just don't think it. I didn't expect that film to have one of those end credit sequences. Yeah, well, check it out because it it kind of changes your thoughts on or like you know because i'd love to talk to you about what exactly it means because okay. it comes right the the hell out of left field after that <laughs> whole movie is finished okay um cool. maybe that you know we could listen to the um the uh, commentary on it and find out why is that there so <laughs> anyway um and next on the show we've got a segment where we have a look at what is or is indeed or indeed is not opening in theaters in australia and all around the world this is at the opening scene. Yes, and um, the only two things that they've got opening a box office mojo, and again, this is always in the States. I can't find anything, information in Australia. Even when, even when there's lots of movies opening every week, I cannot find one website where they have that information. Yeah, it's a bit strange. What would what organisation in Australia would have that information? Village? <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway. Surely there's a peak body that we can see. but There must um, be, but they don't have a box office mojo for Australia. Maybe box office mojo could get on that. I don't know. Australia's not really a big enough market to be able to... No, I suppose not. Anyway. Mm. Um, so, uh, first we have Trip to Greece. It's not a horror movie. <laughs> It's not at all. It's called, <laughs> it's called The Trip to Greece. Funny man Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon travel to restaurants, hotels and ancient landmarks in Greece. And we don't have a clip. Well, we did. Al lost it. Stop wasting my time. I didn't, I didn't lose it. Somebody, and I won't mention Kate's name, <laughs> changed the settings on my Dropbox, and so now I don't have my clips. I love that Kate's doing more producing of this show than most people. She's she she's an amazing person, and she knows a lot of things that I don't. Mm. And you know, she's she's including amazing. what she's done with she's, the Dropbox. Uh, she's you know organizing, and if and if she actually used Dropbox in the past, I'm sure she would know all about how it works. But you know, uh, on this occasion, she went, "Oh no, I know how that works," and then she. Uh, change something, and now I don't have access to my clips. Well, uh, look, we don't need the clips. Um, no, we don't really. Um, you can imagine how funny Steve Coogan and Rob Brayden are. Yes. Um, <laughs> the thing that's... is, I so I'm just confused as to why this is a drama slash comedy. It's not really a drama. It's categorised as a drama slash comedy. I would have put it more in the travel lifestyle documentary yeah. series. It's, it's <laughs> weird that it caught on at all because the first one was a hit. Okay. You know, for the amount of money that was spent on it, it's just two celebrities on holiday. Exactly. They just filmed with them each on a holiday. Other. So it's like, well, is there any narrative here for it to be classified as a drama I think, or a comedy? I think it's kind of a faux, it's, it's a mockumentary because, you know, they'd have, there'd have to be setups, but they set it up like what, they like are just gear? on holiday and mm. talking to one another. Or obviously they've got a crew and producers and directors and stuff like that. So they have to wait to climb the hill. Yeah. Um, until the cameramen have all set up 
But it's like Top Gear. Like you watch Top Gear and it, there's so much over the top. Well, they set far. They set fire to like, things fairly regularly, you yeah. know. Or and it's like obviously that was all planned. Yes. Or the there was one. I remember seeing the one where they were in the states, where there might have been a couple of things that weren't planned. But um, there's a scene where one guy drives up and he's got a dead cow strapped to the hood of the car, mm. and they go, "Where did you get that?" And he, you know, and he tells a funny story about where he got it, and you're going, "No, no, no, no." Unless he had five other people helping him, he doesn't have a cow. Strapped to the hood of his car, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Or when they accidentally set fire to the inside of a camera van, you go like, no, health and safety exactly. would never ever allow them. Exactly. The to producers just set would never clear that. Never so clear that. It's just yeah. all bollocks. It's but all made up. But but it's we like enjoy the wrestling. It. But it's we but, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. And I'm sure this is quite enjoyable. Because and Clarkson go- makes these hilarious racist remarks all the time. It's just so funny. You're talking about Clarkson? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> trip to Greece, though, looks like a lovely time. I'm sure everyone's really into it because none of us can go on holiday. So we have to live vicariously through these two. Through these two. Um, they are funny. Uh, if watching celebrities on holiday is your thing, then there's this or any Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> um, and we also have... Military wives. Um. This movie looks pants. It's it's a charming. It, you, uh, you ever see Brastoff? No. With Pete Postlethwaite <laughs> or <laughs> or Billy Elliot. Ew. It's one of those inspiring inspiring movies about well, Billy Elliot's about one kid, but Brastoff is a similar sort of thing where. You know, all the, the the mines closed. There's no more work. With the local brass band has been operating in this town for the last one hundred years, and we'll be bugging if we're going to blah 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 blah. And all so right. this is the same thing. Um, it follows a group of women in England whose partners are away serving in Afghanistan, where bad things happen. I'm told. Faced with the men's absences, they form a choir and quickly find themselves lezzing. No. Um, <laughs> How? They quickly find themselves at the centre of a media sensation and global movement inspired by the global phenomenon of military wives' choirs. The story celebrates a band of misfit women who form a choir on a military base. It's just so meh. So the it's t- like, oh, gosh, my, our husbands are away. What on earth shall we do? What is the purpose of our life? Yes. And it's like, okay, well, wealthy white women wait for husbands to come home and so they form a choir. Well, like, yes. boring. Well, uh, wealthy. Um, their, their husbands are away in Afghanistan and from the trailer, uh, the two main characters, one is taking the whole forming a choir thing much too seriously um, and the other one isn't taking it anywhere near seriously enough. She just wants to get pissed and get the strippers in. And this choir thing is a, <laughs> she sounds fun. It's a load of it's a waste of time. But then it suddenly becomes very important because um, the outfit that they're with, they we've lost contact with them. We don't know where they are, and so now the women have to have a common purpose in order to stay strong. And so now the shoe is on the other foot, where the one who's not taking it seriously enough has to up her game. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they meet somewhere in the middle. You know how that story goes. Sure. So uh, that's the point of it. And it's opening this week in the States. Um, for whatever reason, they're doing that. And that is everything. Is that it? I'm afraid so. Oh, wow. Unless we can dig up the clips, and I can't. I tried. Well, that's fine. So it's okay. Look now them up I, yourself. Okay, now I'm going to have a conversation when I go home. You're on the internet. 
Not you, but the people listening to Yeah, the to people us. listening to it. You've got Google. Yeah, but they have to they have to stop listening to the show to no, watch the trailer. So don't don't do that. Don't multi-tab. Do you not think people are multi-tabbing already? They've probably tabbed out. <laughs> yeah, but you can't have two media players playing at the same time. So Energy Group will definitely uh, get switched off. That's fine. We'll wait. No, we won't. <laughs> anyway. But you're wrecking the... What's wrong with you? Look, I'm going to have a conversation uh, with uh, uh, Brad now while you listen to Avicii. Heart Upon My Sleeve featuring Imagine Dragons on Energy Groove Radio. Unless you want them right now. <laughs> you ain't getting any. Yeah, because, you know, I'm well, you had them. We drawing had on about movies for a bit. Look, um, often we do a thing called the Geekly Roundup. Here it is. I'm nerdy and the extreme and whiter than sour cream. I was in a V club and glee club and even the chess team. Nerdy and nerdy. Yes, Bradley, and as they say in Scotland, Disney makes sense. Do they say that? What? Disney makes sense. Disney makes sense. Disney. Disney makes sense. Yeah, that's what they say in Glasgow instead of it doesn't. They say Disney. It's, uh, or. Okay. It's does not, but right. they say does nay, but it gets pronounced as <laughs> Disney. That's terrible. Disney makes sense, Bradley. <laughs> so that's what, hence the joke. Ah, uh, Disney makes sense. <laughs> Uh, hence the joke, um, yeah, Mickey sings, Mickey sings, but Walt Disney. Mm. Mickey Mouse mm. can sing, but Walt mm. Disney, because mm. he doesn't. No. This is... <laughs> where, where are you crickets? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, Disney, uh, of course, seems hell-bent on remaking as many of their animated classics as they can, and Hercules mm-hmm. is old enough. Uh, to be considered a classic. Um, gosh, I'm getting old. My brother, my older brother just turned 50. Yeah. On the weekend, mm. 50 years old. And how old, how many years older is he? Poor, uh, 10. <laughs> That's not true. That's my story and I'm That's sticking to true. it. Um, uh, so uh, the 1997 animated musical is being produced by the Russo brothers who brought you uh, Infinity War. Oh, okay. And game and, and all that other stuff. So, That's uh, interesting. They're promising that their take on the material is going to offer something new and not follow in the footsteps of the Shot for Shot Lion King remake. So this is a live action Probably thing, because right? the original Lion King was really good, whereas the original Hercules... Um, well, I, the original Hercules, it, it was okay. It's enjoyable, but... Yeah. I mean, the... It had some great songs. Yeah. I think the story <laughs> it it doesn't really work yeah. um, as a as a sort of a hero's journey because I mean he does that thing at the beginning about singing about wanting to belong somewhere. Mm, I don't really know. I can't actually remember if I genuinely enjoyed it as a movie because I was nine when it came out. Al, yeah, no, so... I, I love the movie as well, and I love the Gerald Scarf creating characters. Gerald Scarf is the animator who did the animations for Pink Floyd's The Wall back in nineteen eighty and seventy nine, I think. Yeah. Um, and he was an odd choice for character design, but yeah, he, he did some drawings for them and they used them. Yeah, so that's cool. why it has that unique style it has a, to yeah, it. Yeah, it has a really cool look to it. Hmm. And, um, it was his idea to have like the spider hanging out of one of the fates' noses. <laughs> so that was a nice little touch. And as we've said many times, James Woods is, you know, take as Hades. Mm. 
where he just came in to do the audition and he thought, yeah, I'm going to make him sound like a, a car salesman. Yeah. That'll be fun. And they went like, that's brilliant. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, the, the character story is such, he, he needs to belong somewhere and then they t tell him he needs to become a true hero and uh, and then there's all this fame, but he's never really charmed by it. And so it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. He doesn't really overcome anything as such. Right. Because so he doesn't become a scum. He doesn't really have a character change. He's a nice kid who stays a nice kid at the end. Mm. So, yeah. So the story doesn't have a satisfying... I wonder what the... Uh, I can't remember. Character arc to what it. Was, what did we learn? What did he, we learn? He didn't really learn anything. You know, he sacrifices himself for the girl at the end. Right, well, despite having been betrayed by her, oh. or apparently she doesn't really betray him, but he thinks that she has. But he sacrifices himself for her anyway, and that was the act of heroism that it took to. Hmm. It was the same ending as Constantine, mm. Constantine, mm. if you remember, where he made. I, I haven't actually seen Constantine. Yeah, right. So his. I'm not going to bore you with that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, Tate Donovan uh, was Hercules. I wonder who we're going to get as Hercules. Who knows? Uh, the Russo brothers are trying new things. They haven't done anything but taken the job so far. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it because the best remakes are really when you take a concept that blew it in the execution and make it better. Mm. Um, people always go back to The Fly or The Thing. The original Thing is actually a pretty good movie, but it's not as good as a 1982 remake. Yeah. Um, well, uh, because the original thing was just James Arness in Fright Makeup. Look, we all, the thing is, it's so blatant with Disney. We just know it's a big cash grab because yeah. they, 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 they don't want to take any risks on uh, new properties uh, and because the new properties don't tend to make them much money these days. I mean, look at that animated movie. Has it come out yet? It's called Soul. Is it called Soul? Yeah. Has that come out? I don't think, don't think it's come out yet. Yeah. Yeah, they, I just don't see that being a big money spinner for them. They might have sort of taken a hit from like the racial thing, uh, where well, the black guy becomes, you know, mm. non non ethnic, uh, ethnically non specific when he dies. That is a bit weird. Um, um, and they didn't even do that with um, they didn't even do that with the Mexican one. Well, that's due to come out on the eighteenth of June, supposedly. No, the Mexican one. No, Seoul, the Mexican right. one, uh, Coco. Yeah, but yeah. then the they have a whole cultural thing attached to the dead. Yes, the you know, Day of the Dead. The Dia de los Muertos, where they just, mm. you know, let's all get pissed. And, uh, and what a great way to celebrate the dead. Mm. I say, you know, that why, don't we, why doesn't everybody do that? Let's remember we... the dead and get really rocking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like a lot of people are starting to do the whole celebrating life thing in Western mm. culture, but we still have a weird thing with death where it's a gloomy affair and we have to all dress black and just stand around and be miserable. Yes. Would you like to see the body? <laughs> This way. <laughs> you know, the Mexicans do it, right? Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get pucking fist. Yeah. Um, so, um, that's a thing. Oh, and this is the big news for geeks. A Snyder cut indeed. Bright. Have you heard of the hashtag Snyder, release the Snyder cut? No. So. You'll remember that Justice League, a bad movie. It was bad, Al. It was bad. Mm. I saw it for free and I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and you remember how Batman v Superman was also bad and then people were saying, well, when you see the extended R-rated three-hour version, it will make a lot more sense. No, it won't. And it'll be better. It'll be horrible. It was still horrible. It still didn't make any sense. It was still stupid. Yeah. It was just longer. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to see it again. Yeah. You know. 
No, no. not happening. So, and the Justice League uh, ended up uh, being a lot shorter because it was supposed to be two movies. Oh. Superman was supposed to get resurrected from the dead at the end of the second movie, at the begin end of the first movie. Well, what about his mustache? Um, well, they never really planned for the mustache. A mustache <laughs> was contractually supposed to be on his face for the Tom Cruise movie, as we yeah. and Mister Cruise has said, "No, go to hell." Mm. He's not shaving the mustache, so you know. It would have been a hell of a lot easier to put a fake mustache on, as opposed to. Digitally remove yeah, no, it a was, real mustache. It was just a complete power play yeah. between two rival studios. No, he's not shaving the moustache. We understand how easy it would be to just put on a fake moustache. The answer is no. No, you do the legwork. We're not going to spend two minutes with a $5 razor. You need to spend a couple of months with rooms full of expensive nerds oh, and who don't have enough time to get it right. Look. Awful. Yeah, it looks like he's been to the dentist. It does. <laughs> he's, he's all puffed you up. You know when they do that thing where they stick someone else's lips on someone else's face? Yeah. Uh, in a really crude It was a bit that Rove McManus that? copied from one of the American yes. guys. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel used to do it. Yeah, that. Yeah. It's that. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, well, um, uh, an online... Uh, at an online Man of Steel watch party, Snyder said the following: "I want to thank HBO Max and Warner Brothers. Remember, they were they made a deal. Warner Brothers and HBO Max have partnered, have they, to bring all the Warner content to HBO Max, and in mm. Australia, it's going to be on Foxtel. Apparently, right? You'll yeah. remember. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, for this brave gesture of supporting artists and allowing their true visions to be realised, <clears throat> and a special thank you to all those involved in the Snyder Cut movement for making this reality. So." <laughs> I the hate that they're calling it the Snyder Cut. Movie. So um, it will not be released as a feature film, but as a series of 30-minute episodes. So Justice League, the miniseries, if you will. Uh, the film's reported running time of upwards three hours. Um, that kind of makes sense. Um, but yes, the original crew will return to finish a project which could cost up to about $30 million. Wow. Because, of course, because the original two films were never finished fully, there would be a lot of work print Mm. Remember the? Did you ever see um, the work print version of uh, Wolverine X Men X Men Origins Wolverine, where somebody at the company messed up and you know heads would have rolled over this? They accidentally released a work print version where the effects were not finished, <laughs> where they would have effects shots where you know it was just like a, a grey box in place of yeah. you know the truck. That's so funny. Um, and really dodgy standard animation where CG characters needed to be was released online. And so we always, it was posited that if we ever saw the Snyder Cut, then half of it would be like that. But apparently they're spending an extra 30 mil to finish it finish it up. Um, and uh, yeah. That's still, it's not going to make it good. It technically wasn't a flop, but it wasn't a box office smash that Warner Brothers have been hoping for. And there have been people whinging about wanting to see the dark, brooding version of uh, Justice League that Zack Snyder had made originally before they brought in Joss Whedon to make it, you know, not the same thing as Batman v Superman. Mm. So, And they needed to get something out in time as well because you know there's a there's a deadline on these things mm. studio execs don't get their bonuses if it's not out on a certain date yeah so they went like sod it we will just cut together something and push it out because i want that ferrari that i've been looking at <laughs> you know to hell with art to hell with the fans to hell with how this will damage the property going forward mm. short-term thinking only like politicians do yeah mm. so um 
Because I think I'm I'm pretty sure the producers of this knew that they weren't going to getting a lot of work following up from whatever happened. No, um, they've cut their losses. I think. So, uh, will the long-awaited Snyder Cut fix things, Bradley? No. No? Uh. So, um, uh, hopefully they'll fix up the weird CGI face. But uh, do, you I... reckon they will... do you reckon they actually notice? I think it will look better. Mm. Here's the thing. I think it will look better because there was a lot of scenes in it where they'd obviously, you know, thought, well, we have to make it brighter and more colourful like a comic book movie. And so they had to redo all of the tonal work that they'd done. Unfortunately, all of the costumes were designed to look good under certain lighting conditions. So when you brighten everything up, you can see that that's not a washboard abs yeah. causing that effect. It's actually patches of light and dark that they've painted onto the suit. Yeah. And now we can clearly see that. Uh, so yeah, it'll all be sort of back in the same muted bluey, you know, at night colors that they had originally intended. Will that look better? Look, I'm all for The things... costumes will look better. Mm. Sure. But I'm all for things being portrayed in the way in which they are intended. Whether I like the film or not, I genuinely believe that, you know, directors or whoever is cutting that film, it should be presented in a way in which it was intended. It shouldn't be altered by higher ups or people at studios or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. It might be really good. Oh, it I doubt probably it. won't. I, I, I seriously doubt it. doubt it, but there's yeah. a chance. Yeah. You know, people say that I'm a pessimist. Mm. Not so. I actually think that it might have some value to it. There you go. Are you going to watch it? Um, you know what? I probably am. Oh. But um, don't know that it will be legally obtained. Yeah, well. <laughs> I look forward to you reporting back to me on that because I'm not going to put myself through that. Don't download movies, kids. No, don't. Anyway, so the Snyder Cut. Uh, this is This is kind of big because I never thought this would happen because I knew that they were going to have to spend a couple of you know well, tens of millions to finish it and now they've actually said yeah sure we'll dump 30 more million on top of everything else I feel sorry for the movie that <laughs> potentially was going to get financed <laughs> somewhere there's an independent filmmaker who's lost their budget lost their budget all of a sudden and ah, sorry we're going with the uh, <laughs> with the Snyder they're going to re-release Justice League again <laughs> yeah and you know he'll be somewhere sort of like he'll be looking from a bottle of scotch to a razor blade a bottle of scotch razor blade <laughs> Bottle of which is sharper? Bottle of scotch, razor blade. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks, Warner. Thanks, Warner. Um, <laughs> for supporting the arts. <laughs> Speaking of supporting the arts, um, here's Of Monsters and Men. Wild Roses. Wild Roses on Energy Group Radio. Los Ageless. From St. Vincent on Energy Groove Radio. Welcome back to Energy Groove Radio. The show is Movie Groove. It's what's on screen. We're nearly finished, um, but not entirely. What have we got, Al? What have we got? Well, um, occasionally we breach the veil between worlds and dare to look upon the future of theatres across the globe through the terrifying wormhole of the event horizon. It's always, it's always one of my favourites, that one. <laughs> it's still good. It's been quite a, quite a while mixing that together. I can tell. Starring Maximilian Schell. Hmm. And music by Hans Zimmer that we haven't played before. Uh, 
Um, first we have, say hello to my boring trend. What? Yes, the Scarface reboot is still happening. Eee. It's been happening for years now. They were going to do it black. Okay. Do you know that Scarface is a remake of a oh, movie God. called Scarface? Oh. Because that was Al Capone's nickname. And so there's an original movie from the, I think, 1953 called Scarface. And uh, yes, mm. um, known as being an excellent movie. Uh, Brian De Palma's Scarface, which I think is from 1981? 84. 84. In Australia. Excuse me. Um, it became notable because it is a good movie. That's an extraordinary performance by Al Pacino. Um, uh, a terrible soundtrack by Giorgio Moroder, but I suppose it might have sounded good at the time. God, wow, it's George, awful. Giorgio Moroder's a bit, yeah. Yeah. You either love him or hate him. It's it's the music is very of its time. Yeah, that's it. Really it. Giorgio Moroder, he's very of his time. Yeah. Yes. So um, uh, I've never liked the soundtrack, and the movie isn't really that great. It's just notable for the astonishing violence in it. Really? Because you might remember, if you watched um, oh, The Tiger Thing, the Tiger King? The Tiger King. One of the characters in The Tiger King is apparently the character that Scarface, the character that Scarface was based on, who claims to have seen somebody uh, killed with a circular oh, saw. Yes. Which is this, and there's the famous scene in the movie where yeah. uh, Al Pacino and his mate are chained to the ceiling of a bathroom. And the he, ceiling? Um, or, you know, a, a shower curtain. The toughest shower curtain in the world, mind you, because <laughs> I don't know many shower curtains. But anyway, they're chained up in a bathroom or something. I've only seen the movie once. And his mate gets... Um, Circular yeah, sword. Bisected by uh, a chainsaw. Oh, my word. So the chainsaw scene. Oh, I've not seen it. So uh, back in 1984, the, the level of violence in it was uh, shocking and astonishing. Was it? For a major cinematic release. So that was one of the, you know... Yeah. Um, that was the warning for horny teenage boys, is that they are rating us for violence, not sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, rated NS for no sex. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, it's uh, it's still happening. They've got Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. Yeah, you did that well. I'm sorry, Latinos. I really am. Luca Guadagnino. Uh, the filmmaker behind Call Me By Your Name, you remember, the surprise hit from Cannes. Uh, which uh, the American institution didn't like because it was about a gay relationship. <gasps> uh, and the Suspiria reboot, uh, which is really good, um, apparently. Um, that's on the list of things I want to see. Uh, so, a 1932 movie. Not 1952, 1932, being remade by Brian De Palma in 1983. Wow. Uh, a script being polished by none other than the Coen brothers. And... Okay. Um, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, yes. Um, a Scarface remake. And I think this, it might be good because, as I say, the Brian De Palma movie ain't all that. It's just astonishing for its violence and there's uh, moments in it that are unforgettable, such as the line, say hello to my little friend. Do you reckon they'll keep that in? Um, <sighs> difficult to say. Can you um, imagine someone else saying it? How I mean, weird would that be? Al Capone didn't come to that kind of an end. I'm not sure how he finishes up mm. in the original movie. They may have glamorized it yeah. by having him gun down in a hail of bullets because that happened to a lot of people. That's what happened to Dillinger. Right. Uh, not Dillinger, as everybody called him. His father was German. He pronounced <laughs> it Dillinger. I see. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so that's what happens at the end. Of, maybe this one is different because in real life, Capone went to prison Mm. And, uh, you know, and he was so stiff with syphilis that he basically got dementia. 
hmm. and slowly died that way. Wow. And, you know, um, uh, Frank Nitti took over his business for a while. Nitti was his enforcer. Right. Who in the movie The Untouchables didn't yeah. survive the movie. He got thrown off the roof, you remember. Mm. Frank Nitti mm. in that movie. So not a very historically accurate movie. Great movie, but historically, yeah, not so much. Mm. So. Well, we don't watch it for facts, do we? No. Um, anyway, uh, a Howard Hawks movie. Who's the guy responsible for the original Thing movie? Mm. Based loosely on the life of Al Capone. Um, yes, and Scarface was the nickname that uh, that they gave to Al Capone. Although, if you said it to him, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't say much after that. No. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess that might be interesting. But considering the amount of time they've spent trying to remake it, uh, it was going to be remade with the. Uh, with Denzel in the lead role and so on and so forth. There's been so many people attached to this. Yeah, it's because but, it's, well, I mean, I can understand if it is taking a while because it's such trepidation. It's a big thing to remake. Yes, and now that it's not the 90s anymore, we don't really need yet another American movie, gangster movie about black people no. involved in organised crime. We don't. So, <laughs> hmm. anyway, uh, yes, uh, in this one, unusually, it's a Cuban refugee who causes all the trouble. Mm. makes his way up as muscle in an organization responsible for the sale, sale of cocaine and then ends up taking control. Right. And then ends up getting mm. shot. I see. Killed during his arrest. Right. Or resisting arrest mm. with a grenade launcher. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and Starship. What? Yes, the future of the Star Trek film franchise at Paramount appears to be in limbo. There was going to be a Star Trek four. There was also talk of Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's a weird combination. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it will happen. No. Because they're very protective of that brand. Like the reboot, for example, the Kelvin timeline, as it's called, mm. because it begins with, you know, the destruction of the USS Kelvin. Yeah. And the death of Kirk's father. Mm. Um, they weren't allowed to use, you know, they, they famously wear those red, blue, yellow uniforms, right? They weren't allowed to use the exact same shade of red, blue, and yellow from the original television show. And they know exactly what shade it is because it was all shot on film. Mm. They've got it on Netflix at the moment, the original series. And, uh, you know, it still kind of holds up story-wise. It is some very old science fiction. And so you're thinking, wow, that's, that's some cheese right there. Yeah. But it looks beautiful mm. because the masters still exist and, it, you know, uh, so the colours are really vibrant, but they weren't allowed to use that exact shade of red, blue or yellow in their uniforms in any of the video games or the rebooted movie series. That's weird. And that was part of the contract negotiation. They're really protective of the brand. It's like when you see, you know when you get, what is it, Injustice? Those stupid brawlers that they release as video games where you can fight all of the DC characters together. Oh, okay. And you get redesigned versions of all the classic superheroes and people say, why are the designs so ugly? What is he wearing on his head? Yeah. It's because they're not allowed to use any version of the character that's come before from any version of a movie or TV show. Yeah, right. Okay. So you're never going to get classic Superman, classic Batman yeah. in one of those brawlers. They're always dressed like basically... So know, I assume that's why robot, why robot Batman and robot Spider-Man PS4 games and stuff. We get so many different variations of Spider-Man. We were like, what? Well, I mean, Sony Sony own the property, mm. so they can pretty much do whatever they like. But right. uh, yeah, it's it's all very weird. Anyway, um, Collider caught up with Simon Pegg and said, "What's going on?" And he went, "Meh." 
Um, <laughs> the absence of uh, Anton Yelchin as Pavel Chekhov would leave a bit of a hole in the cast. You remember that Anton Yelchin famously got pinned between his car and a tree? Yeah. Stupid way to die. <laughs> right? If your car starts rolling down a hill, I'm sorry. Don't try and stop it. Take it from a farm boy. If it's gone past walking pace, it is gone. Let yeah. it go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, none of the actors are battering down uh, Paramount's door to do, uh, to do a sequel. Um, they're all still in contact, according to Simon Pegg, but uh, yeah, nobody has a clue what's going on. Um, there is apparently... Uh, there is the Star Trek Discovery, which none of the traditional fans of Star Trek like, because they always did a villain of the week kind of a thing through Star Trek, and uh, and now it's but now it's got to be a whole universe thing where there's a big through line with the story, and it's all really stupid. They make it needlessly <laughs> complicated to make it seem complex, right? But it's not. It's actually just kind of stupid and leaves too many holes and questions. And Picard is even worse, apparently. Right. Um, I just find Star Trek so cheesy just overall yeah i feel like it's just cheese it has well the um all those the uh, they have a flavor and they have a tone and they mm. have a format and a, a formula that really works yeah for it mm. which they have completely chucked out the window for a marvel universe style you know constant warfare kind of a thing yeah and for people who love the original series any of them it just isn't the same yeah it's nothing like it and picard in particular um Patrick Stewart didn't want to do it because I don't think he ever liked the character of Jean-Luc Picard because he's so staid and boring and such a stuffy rule-following arse <laughs> who never gets laid and he doesn't do anything interesting or exciting, never colours outside the lines and in fact gets really angry when other people try to do that. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart never liked that version of the character. So what brought him on the show was he said, well, we'll let you in the writer's room and you can do some real acting. And so if you know the character, then it ain't the same thing. Um, and it's really sort of dark and gritty and violent in a way that the original show never was. Yeah, so, and that's why I think Tar uh, Tarantino getting on board is just weird. Yeah. I don't see Star Trek as dark and gritty and edgy in any way. I think Tarantino could probably do something with it, but yeah, it's... Um, Tonally, it's all over the map, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's just stupid. And besides, I mean, like, the, the original showrunner was um, Roberto... Orsi, Orki. Um, he was responsible for, like, you know, the amazing Spider-Man movies and Transformer movies. His stuff is terrible. He yeah. was the guy that directed The Mummy. Oh, good. No, sorry, Alex Kurtzman, I'm thinking of. Roberto oh, Orki was his, uh, his writing partner. Oh, okay. So those two were responsible for multiple Transformer and Spider-Man movies that were all awful. Yeah. And now Alex Kurtzman was a showrunner for Picard, and it just Are you sucks. talking about Original Mummy or Mummy with Tom Cruise? The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeah, he the terrible He wrote one. and directed that one. Awful so, film. Yeah, so there terrible you go. Film. And he got his fingers all over Star Trek, and it's just crap now. Um, but they're still doing uh, a spin-off series called Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and an animated series called Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. So enjoy that, Star Trek nerds. None of it's going to be any good. <laughs> um, here's the sound of movies. Yes, and speaking of Scarface, um, uh, way back in the day, as I said, we were talking about Giorgio Moroder, and I have to say that, you know, some 80s movies age really well, mm -hmm. fashion-wise. Um, the Empire Strikes Back is very interesting science fiction because the costume designs aren't stupid, but they're not 80s either. 
Mm. They're sort of they have these sort of really interesting sort of timeless design to them, so that you don't look at Emperor Strikes Back now and go like, "Wow, the '80s, cheese, right?" Yeah, but you look at the original '70s one and think sideburns. <laughs> you know, Luke Skywalker's a terrible haircut. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Empire really, you know, stylistically it holds it's, up. It still holds up. Mm. Um, other movies don't, mm. and. Um, uh, I would say that Scarface is one of them. It, there are party scenes in that where it's just like the worst, <laughs> most stereotypical kind of 80s fashion yeah. that you could possibly imagine. White suits with colourful with colorful shirts and those really pencil-thin leather mm. ties Ew. that I used to... I mean, that people used to wear. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I'd pay awful, money to see that. Awful, awful synth music. And yeah. uh, and in celebration of that, we have a track here <laughs> from the original soundtrack. This is Paul Engman with Push It to the Limit. I love this song. From Scarface. Uh, so until next week, between five and seven, where we get together for more movie madness and inane babble from Brad and I. Uh, catch up with our voice in the afternoon. Feminist Fridays on Friday, live from Paris. And until we meet, enjoy your lives. Oh,